Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is going to be episode number 71. How do you feel about the number 71? I think it's a wonderful number. And did anything lead you to this conclusion, or is it just a fond number for you? I like all the numbers with 70s. All the 70s. Well, someday you might like me. It's going to be a few years (laughs) until I hit the 70s, but, you know, hey, it's a coming. So, Crystal, tell me, how have you been this week? I'm wonderful, just like the number 71. That has been Scary Savannah and Beyond. Thanks for (laughs) tuning in. We just got back from Vegas again, and we had a great time. We didn't win any money, but we did spend a lot of money to see Matchbox 20 for the first time in several years. So that was awesome. Well, that's not true. We did win some money. Well, yeah, but then we put it back into the machines. We immediately gave it right (laughs) back to Vegas. Yeah. Without hesitation. Yeah. It was, uh, it happened very fast. So tell them about the Matchbox 20. Yeah. It was at the Cosmo, which was a really nice venue because it was indoors and air conditioned. Unlike the rest of their shows that are going to be in the July and August heat. Yeah, the, some one of our Uber drivers in Vegas one time told us that the Cosmo is the young people's casino in Vegas. Well, would you I would agree say, with that? I, well, maybe the casino part, but where we were to see Matchbox Twenty, they were all about middle aged like us. About what you'd expect. I don't think he meant the people that come That's to see Matchbox Twenty. That's what I'm saying. Well, the crowd I think we what saw he meant were our was age. is the people going in there drunk as a skunk, ready to go and start a bar brawl and. Uh, what is know, quite trendy animal. in there with their chandeliers and stuff? You did enjoy the decor, and I think you said one of your favorite places is the cage where they the do cashier the money. cage is really pretty. It's like pink lit up, pink or something, or purple. I don't know. They got a lot of pink and purple going on. I like that. Yeah, we did the Monopoly money grab game there, one that we sort of thought was going to be our new favorite, and it turns out it didn't like us any more than the Pots game we used to play did. I did get a yogurt from the Starbucks, and that was good. (laughs) Hey, we didn't lose. I mean, a few times we did win like $50, and we're like, we're going to go to another casino so that we can walk out of this casino and feel like we're winners. (laughs) And most of the time, we didn't make it out of that casino, but... Well, besides Matchbox 20, we did some other fun stuff in Vegas. We got a chance to visit the Mob Museum, finally. Yes, we did. I really wasn't expecting too much, because, like, how much could there be about the Mob? But it was really impressive, actually. And when I looked it up, it was just uh, a block or two off of Fremont Street, which is... Just steps from Fremont. Just steps. That's what they say on their website. And it's billed as a old building that I think were some of the actual cases or there were some. It's the old courthouse. It's the old courthouse. So if things actually the happened that there. says that. <laughs> All right. You know, I didn't read the very next script. line was it's in the old courthouse, just steps from Fremont. <laughs> well, clearly I came unprepared. <laughs> clearly. So there were three floors of exhibits and it was really well done. They have a well, dis- see, that's where you didn't read the script because there's actually a basement. So there's four floors technically. We didn't go in the basement. Yeah, but there's four floors. Well, how do you go in the fourth floor? It is the basement. Did we go? Where? What? That's where we drank the moonshine. Oh, I thought that was the bottom floor. Like, there's three. There's the main level we were on. Then you go downstairs to the basement, which is where we went. And And then then there's there's an upstairs. And a third floor. There's four? Total, yeah, there were four floors. That's not what they say on their website. Or maybe I'm remembering it incorrectly. I think you are. There's three floors. Okay. There's a basement, there's a main floor, and then there's a 
upper floor, which is where we went. I don't know. Anyway, there's a lot of places to go, including a distillery, which we did do. You can add on to the tour. Mm-hmm. So there's like the regular tour, but you can add on, of course. Of course, there's always added benefits and bonuses. So the three things you can do are the distillery tour, the crime lab tour, and the firearm simulator, I think. We didn't do the firearm simulator, which I would probably like to do, but it was already getting expensive at that point. So we chose the other two. Well, you can go shoot real guns if you want to. We got connections, you know. Could. So we did the distillery tour. So they have their own distillery and they make their own moonshine. Barely legal, they say. Yeah, so we got to sample that. And they have a speakeasy, which is really cool. I love a speakeasy. The area that we drank at in the speakeasy was a really cool place. The decor, everything about this place was top-notch. And like Mm -hmm. she said, I didn't expect as much out of it as we got. But it really feels like... Now, you have to be the kind of person that likes to read stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of reading. But it's a lot of good, interesting information. I mean, things getting blown up and... Drug seizures and all kinds of stuff. So if you're a fan of true crime, yeah, you would you like the greatly <laughs> enjoy when well, you don't even have to like the mob necessarily because yeah. this transcends just what people think of as mm-hmm. the mafia because it goes beyond what you would think of in The Godfather and goes to modern day. It talks about places like Japan and Russia and various other Well, this is mob, not mafia. Okay, well all <laughs> I think of is the Godfather, <laughs> which I've never seen. And neither have I, so we've got to put that we've on We've never seen the we greatest movie that. of all time. We should have done that for this episode. Ah, well, you know, hindsight's forty seventy. <laughs> That's the way it's getting with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so we also did the Crime Lab exhibit, which I really thoroughly enjoyed. So if you go, go do this. Yeah, check out these pictures. I'll post this now so you can see what she was doing. So one of the things is an autopsy table, and it's a virtual table, and it shows a victim and it gives you some information, and you have to deduce how they were killed, if it was a murder, and what caused the injuries and such. And I got all of them right, That's of course. Funny, the woman standing there, because there was a, an employee that was monitoring to make sure we didn't, I guess, hijack the Yeah, I wanted exhibits. to take that table home. And we sat, me and Crystal were teamed up at each one of the exhibits, which I, of course, probably would have sent someone to jail if I was the one doing mm-hmm. forensics analysis. But she was standing over the table, and it gave you the, you know, the, the scenario, and it said the age, and it said the wounds, and it started to ask questions like it was trying to coach you through how to figure out what the signs on the body indicated. And I'm looking at it and like, well, I don't know. And she's like, well, he was drowning in the bathtub. <laughs> He's drowning in the bathtub. I'll tell you right now. And then you go through several more screens, and it's like, he drowned in the bathtub. And what causes these, you know, specific injuries and petechial hemorrhaging and all that. Which I've never heard of. Yeah, I've told you that before. I've never remembered. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, so we clearly found out that forensics is not Brett's calling because he was lost a lot of the time. No, they figured out that if they gave me a job, I would probably send all kinds of innocent people to jail. Crystal's doing some DNA evidence investigation right now. I'm going to extract extract some DNA from Brett. I want to get somebody convicted wrongfully. Touch to begin. You did pretty good on the fingerprinting thing, though, didn't you? I sort of did, but, you know, it's multiple choice. (laughs) So I just happened to guess right, and the guy was like, wow, you're basically a fingerprintologist, and... I said, is this in the system? Because, you know, it, it took your fingerprint. Oh, yeah. And you compared it to famous mobsters, mobsters to see whose fingerprint 
yours would resemble. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember which one mine resembled, but I just said, well, if it's going to put me in the system, I ain't put my name on there. So I tried to type Johnny Rocket, and it came out Johnny Talkart. (laughs) And I'm like, well, that's my new name, Johnny Talkart. I don't remember what mine was, but... I think it was Philip. Okay. So they won't know who we are. No, no way. Another one of the things you could do is compare bullet casings and uh, the lands and grooves and all that stuff and try to make a match. I don't think you got that right either. No, more Even innocent people What was really funny is the people beside us did it and said the right answer. And you didn't even notice that they said, and you guessed wrong, even though they'd already said the right answer. This is why I'm not <laughs> still in a said job C. that requires us <laughs> paying to attention. pay attention. So here's Crystal. This is currently the two thousand bullet investigation. Those have a monitor here. Do not match on this bullet. Now you can see how they line up. That's why she's spinning the bullet. So now you can see they line up perfectly. And I was correct. He picked the wrong bullet. So you would have gotten some poor guy sent to jail. Yeah, so we highly recommend going to the Mob Museum. We spent a long time there. I really expected to go in and it'd be like an hour, maybe two tops. Yeah. I think we were there for like five hours. Yeah. Some of that time was drinking in the speakeasy, but... Yeah, and they had uh, meatballs, too. Those were good. yeah. Yeah, they have food. It was good. So go there yeah, because go if you're a true out. crime fan, even if you don't like mob movies, there's a lot of interesting information. And so another thing I want to talk about tonight is the recent alien sightings in Las Vegas, which we did not find out about until today. today. And today's the Thursday before the episode comes out on Sunday. Yeah, so this event actually happened in the early morning hours of May 1st. And it's just now coming out all over the news and Twitter and all that. Everyone's talking about it, and I suspiciously see you're drinking from your big government mug tonight. Well, it is what you served me. It's almost like you think I had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'd like an explanation. Oh, I can tell you what the explanation is. Have you ever heard the word psyop? No. Good. <laughs> Let's you, just you keep carry deleting on. it from my Let's memory. Let's keep carry on. So why don't you tell us about this sighting that they've seen in uh, Las Vegas? What happened? So I was... Scouring around the Twitterverse today, and I found this story that talked about, and it's exploding on Twitter, talking about a sighting of a UFO in Las Vegas. And apparently this happened around the 1st of May, but we didn't hear about it. And for whatever reason, it's just now started exploding all over the country. And what had happened is a family in Las Vegas said that a craft either crashed or landed in their backyard And they were freaked out, and they saw what they described as 8 to 10 foot tall, grayish, greenish skinned creatures with large eyeballs. uh, Large, shiny eyes. A stomach they could see moving. They could hear it breathing, and it would stare at them. And no pictures, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, even though they were able to call 911, and there's a recording of the 911 call. All this stuff we'll probably link in the show notes. He said that he basically went into like a sleep paralysis kind of state, which I would guess would explain why he couldn't take pictures possibly. Right. But the cops came. And what made it seem more authentic is that the police did come and respond to the call. But at about the same time that this happened, they just so happened to be a police officer out in Vegas talking to somebody and his body cam footage caught an actual video of some sort of object coming down from space, presumably, and crashing or landing 
somewhere in his line of sight. The person who called 911 also said that they had a ring type camera that goes on like a doorbell. doorbell. Camera. And this camera didn't capture the actual object, but the camera does capture sound. Right. And you could see it light up and you could hear something come and sound like it crashed. To me, that was the most compelling part is that all those things happened at the same time because you have cameras and you see the body cam footage on the officer because he's out at a different call talking to people and you just see it like go by. And then you, if you hear the ring doorbell camera, like it sounds like something crashing. Yeah. It seems like so many things are converging here and I don't, you know, they could falsify a ring cam. They could falsify, they could make a fake 911 call. Mm, they could do pictures. Time. But I think it'd be a little bit harder to falsify cop body, yeah, body camera cam footage. footage. I think that's probably not something that could be altered. Now, the thing you see in that video is a lot like what we saw in Gastonia that one time when we were bringing the kids home from uh, their Awanas, which I don't know if you remember this yeah, happening remember or not, that. but it was a green fireball coming mm -hmm. out of the sky. It looked a lot like what these people saw. So I think that is where I had my first encounter with a UFO. Well, I also thought it was suspicious that the police responded and they're talking to him and he's going to go into the backyard and as soon as he opens the gate to go into the backyard, the camera gets goes black. And they say that they're not showing the footage because it's private property. Now, since when do they not show you police footage because it's private property? Since it's convenient. Yeah. I'm you not want me to that. tell you what it really is? And, and, like, why is it taking an entire month for them to even talk about this? I think it's a cover-up. I'm going to break the news. Okay that I have zero claim to say is true. Okay. But this is just from my assumptions. What happened was is there was some sort of military something that came mm -hmm. that came down mm -hmm. and wasn't supposed to. And they had to say, well, people have seen this. We got to cover this up and hide it. So let's do the UFO story. Make sure we don't get any video of it because, you know, the SU the black SUV showed up and shut the story down, said it was a UFO. You saw aliens. And then they're like, yep, we saw aliens in a UFO, not some experimental military aircraft that was not supposed to be here. So that's the story. Okay. So the so you're guy, right, it's a cover up. <laughs> the guy that uh, was the witness that called 911 released a video on Twitter and YouTube, and we watched it, and mm -hmm. he explained what happened, and he took a picture of his backyard, and there's a circle, presumably where the craft landed, so there's that. Presumably is a good word. Now, the craft probably landed there. Whether it was a UFO or something that people in our military or even our government know about so you're going with that it's just a military experiment it's not aliens you don't believe in aliens even of course though, not you know even though you, since i'm not affiliated with big government there's no way i'm going to try to tell you yeah sure i don't believe in aliens it was definitely a government cover-up <laughs> okay. okay so i'm interested to see if this whole thing just dies out real quick no it won't or if it like blows up even more no, it won't because there's you. a lot of political things going on right now, and they're using this to cover it oh, up. Oh, so this is like a diversion. Yeah, there's something real. Two big, really big things went down today regarding both our current president and our former president. And this whole thing, I think, is to distract. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I've been working today, so I didn't get a chance to go on to the Twitterverse 
to see what was happening. We'll talk about it after the podcast. Okay, perfect. But I still believe it's aliens. 100%. Definitely a military cover-up. <laughs> okay. So this week, we're coming back to Savannah to talk about another historical house, and that would be the mansion on Forsyth Park, also known as the Lewis Caton House. Ooh. I chose this story because it's been in the news lately. It's been on my list to cover, so I thought we'd go ahead and talk about it. The reason it's on the news is because it's been purchased by a new company called Left Lane Hospitality and is about to undergo renovations and a name change. With a name like that, it just sounds like the kind of company that would be making low-budget horror films, don't it? So I wonder if that's part of the plan. No, it's not. They're very high-end. We don't do low-budget horror films. (laughs) They do not. If we can't have Christopher Walken in it, we don't do it. Before we get to that, let's learn a little bit about the history of the mansion. The mansion is located at 700 Drayton Street, which faces Forsyth Park. Originally known as the Military Parade Ground, Forsyth Park is an iconic Savannah landmark. Forsyth Park occupies 30 acres of the historic district bordered by Gaston Street, Drayton Street, Park Avenue, and Whitaker Street. If you've ever seen a picture of the giant fountain in Savannah, you'll find it in Forsyth Park. And if you come into Savannah, you gotta go see the fountain. Did you know it was actually ordered out of a catalog? Yeah, because we talked about it on a previous episode. Do you remember that? Mm -mm. We did. I just remember hearing it in a tour we did. It was almost unbelievable Mm -hmm. that that's the truth. But I think it's got a sister fountain in Europe somewhere. I think it does. Forsyth Park is a lovely place to spend an afternoon. There are tennis and basketball courts, a large area for soccer or frisbee, walking paths, a food court, gardens, and a children's playground. We used to take Layla there and spend the afternoon riding under the trees. We haven't tried that with coffee because she's a little bit high strung for that much excitement. But maybe you think she'd like it? I think she would love it. I think we wouldn't like it as much. But I'm going back to the fountain right here in my head. I'm thinking about it. It's like you said they bought it out of a catalog. Was it like Sears and Roebuck's Christmas wish list catalog back in the 1800s? Did somebody sit down and be like, well, I either get me a new top hat. Oh, look, a nice fountain. What <laughs> is elaborate it? fountain. Back in 1800, it's like, oh, $300. <laughs> I'll have it shipped in from Italy. I know. Imagine the cost of that thing because it's nice. It's a big old fountain. It's, a, it's impressive. Yeah, I'd it's like to find out more about that catalog. Anyways, sorry. Please continue. There are a number of beautiful historical homes that surround the park, including Forsyth Park Inn, which we talked about way back in episode five, I believe. That's been a minute. Another notable house, of course, is the mansion on Forsyth Park. The mansion was originally built for businessman Lewis Caton, who moved to Savannah from Baltimore between 1888 and 1889. It was designed by architect Alfred Eichberg, who was quite busy designing all the houses for Savannians back in the day. Like, he was the go-to guy. He has a name that sounds very architectural. Yeah. People loved his work. Construction of this Romanesque revival masterpiece with its brick and terracotta exterior, cost a whopping $45,000. Wow. Which in today's money is $1,465,667. So Mr. Caton must have been quite the businessman. Either that or he had the inside number, you know, (laughs) on maybe uh, what was going to be happening in the future. Perhaps he knew something about these UFO events. Well, I did manage to find his obituary on newspapers.com from the Atlanta Constitution. Okay. It says, Lewis Caton, one of the oldest and best-known retired businessmen of Savannah, died here today. He came to Savannah from Baltimore the year the Civil War closed 
and was a prominent figure in commercial circles for nearly 50 years. He was a pioneer packer of the South. He is survived by two sons and a daughter. How would you like your obituary to start like that? (laughs) He's one of the oldest. Well, I mean, he used to be, I guess. And that was from Saturday, August 27th, 1921. So when he died in 1921, he was buried in Bonaventure Cemetery. So we'll have to check him out next time we're over there. I I think I've seen that plot. I sometimes wonder how many people were buried in Bonaventure, and we just don't know the history well enough to know that, hey, this grave has some sort of notable resident. After his death, the property changed hands several times until 1953, when it became the home of Fox and Weeks Funeral Home. For the next 50 years, thousands of dead Savannians passed through here, including Danny Hansford, the murder subject in the famous book Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. How did we not know that? I don't know, but like Fox and Weeks, that's where everybody goes to bury people now. It's the in-crowd place to go. In fact, I think that's uh, where we had our cat cremated. Why you got to depress me and remind me of that? (laughs) Sorry. Well, they are a very good service. They did a really good job. With all this and the fact that it is undoubtedly built on the dead like everything in Savannah, of course, the mansion has to be haunted. But we'll talk about that later. Because, I mean, why wouldn't they put a mansion where a funeral home went over top of a bunch of dead bodies? It's just very Savannah. Yeah. In 2005, the building was purchased by Savannah native Richard C. Kessler, who's the president and CEO of Kessler Enterprises. His company completed a massive addition to the original home, transitioning it into one of the finest hotels in Savannah. According to the Atlanta Constitution newspaper article, The new hotel, with 126 rooms, is home to more than 400 pieces of European and American artwork. There are oil and watercolor paintings, bronze sculptures, art glass, marble pieces, antique mirrors, and of course, crystal chandeliers. The doorknobs in the lobby are Lalique, which I know is fancy because I've seen it on Antiques Roadshow a lot. You've (laughs) heard of Lalique? Of course I've heard of Lalique. I mean, who hasn't? (laughs) The lobby reception desk is white onyx, and it sits atop walnut floors. The mansion is believed to be the only hotel in America with three Bosendorfer pianos. Really? Because, you know, I would think two would be a little bit extravagant they and lavish. Are. If you do a little uh, Google search, you'll find they are quite pricey. I'm you talking... See, I'm a musician. Okay, so well, clearly, give me a price range of how much you think one of clearly, these would cost. Clearly, I've never heard of these <laughs> But if I had to estimate it, Mm -hmm. I know a grand piano right now, and this is, I'm not a piano player, so I can't really throw out a number, but those can usually go well over $100,000. Yeah. These are, you're going to pay at least $200,000 to $400,000 each. Pocket change, baby. Pocket change. They're beautiful. It's just the most beautiful piano, and I bet they sound real nice. I bet they do. This place is gorgeous. I watched a YouTube video, which we'll put in our show notes, where someone did a walkthrough video of the hotel, and it just oozes luxury. I'm talking high-end everything. Oozes? Oozes. That sounds like a word you wouldn't like. I like it. (laughs) I like it when things ooze. It's one of those chocolates on your pillow kind of places. You know the place I'm talking about. Yeah, Yeah, like our bedroom downstairs sometimes. you know. Or you just drop Reese's Pieces beside your pillow. (laughs) It's sort of like putting chocolate on the pillow. <laughs> yeah. The dogs love it. Yeah, it's really, really fancy. But the artwork, it's a little bit out there. Some of it, like I've seen 
a few of the pieces. Just looking at your face right now tells me everything I need to know. I don't know that I want to see the artwork. Yeah, it's a little scary. The rooms that they were once used for viewing bodies are now dining rooms for the restaurant on site called 700 Drayton. The property is the home of its cooking school in addition to the restaurant. We had reservations at 700 Drayton one time. Remember that during I the do pandemic? That. And they canceled it on us. Well, just re- random. They canceled it on us because they said they had a pipe burst, I think oh, is, is what that it was. What they, said. They, they said a pipe burst. And what they meant was they probably unearthed some more dead bodies from the Civil War or something. Had I known it had been a mortuary, I would have definitely rebooked. Yeah. I did not know well, see, that that's at the not time. My fault. You're supposed to know everything. I know. Who knew that that's where you would view dead bodies? Now it's kind of morbid that that is <laughs> That's the selling point. what makes it a selling feature for you. <laughs> I know. The hotel also features a rooftop patio and lounge called Casimir's Lounge, where you can sample one of the best martinis in the low country. I see what they did there, Casimir. Yeah. Casimir Pulaski. Yeah. Which we haven't talked about much yet. Which he'll we be got a, to. Yeah, we're going to talk about him. old Casimir. I like that name, Casimir. That's a good name. It's fancy. Mm-hmm. It belongs in that hotel. You've never even been in there yet. I've seen it. Like but you've there seen was, pictures. I've seen pictures. You've seen a walkthrough. Well, what really got me interested in it in the first place was I was watching, um, what is that show I like with the Thousand Pound Best Friends? And they took a girl's trip to Savannah, and they were staying at a place, and it showed it on camera. And I'm like, where is that? Oh, I remember. I figured it out for you. Right, because I'm, I'm the like, one that where did the is that? Work. It's gorgeous, and I had never seen it before. And you looked it up, and it was the mansion. I'm like, oh, we have to look into that because it's just, it's um, it's amazing. We're going to go there. We are. The former embalming room is now the restroom for the restaurant. I guess we need to take our voice recorder in there and try to see if we can capture some EVPs yeah, in the old Yeah, that's creepy. Blue. Like I said earlier, the mansion has been in the news because it's been purchased by that new company, Left Lane Hospitality, for a measly $52.5 million. Like I said before, pocket change. Just and this is before change. they renovate it. That's their, what they paid for it. They must really think that Savannah is a burgeoning city that's going to be able to recoup that money. Well, they it wasn't even for sale when they approached the owner. They just, just wanted like, it. I want to buy this. They're out of New York, and they are looking to build. This is going to be like their flagship um, hotel. They want to build a brand off of this. And they just loved the property and went in and approached him and offered him, um, I guess, an offer I'll he could refuse. $52.5 million. So I also found that the man that I told you about, Kessler, he is the owner of the Plant Riverside District thing. You know, that all that renovation? He's, oh, in, he's in charge of that. That's pretty nice, too. I like that stuff. Yeah. So they really have big plans to renovate and reinvent this property. And the new name is going to be Hotel Bardo Savannah. That sounds very fancy. Yeah, they're really looking to make it a statement. It's like a it's already a boutique hotel, but they're going to just up the game on this. This city's already pretty statement oriented yeah. as far as uh, architecture and history, so they got a lot of work cut out for them, I think. So according to Left Lane, this is what they say about Hotel Bardo Savannah. Hotel Bardo Savannah is described as a new urban resort at the heart of Savannah's Forsyth Park. It's inspired by the leisurely luxury of the Mediterranean coast and the 1960s retro primetime of glamorous travel. 
I'm not sure what the luxurious Mediterranean coast has to do with Old Savannah, but 1960s retro primetime of glamorous travel is definitely something I can get behind. It's almost um, like they designed this with you in mind. I know. Like, I'm wondering if they want to partner with me on my Come Fly With Me airline. They'd be a fool not to. I mean, imagine flying in. See, you could have flights come into Savannah right. and just go, like, fly right into the hotel. <laughs> They've got the money to put in a landing strip right down the Look, boys, we're going to put park. a runway on top of the roof. <laughs> you can land a 737. I can land on. it in the park. <laughs> you don't need permits. Yeah. At the new Hotel Bardo, you will find 149 luxury guest rooms, so they're adding some, a 27-meter pool, a holistic gym and wellness spa, Club Bardo, which is a membership-based social club. So this is not just for guests. It's going to be for locals also. You can join this club if you've got the money. Do we have the money? We do not have that kind of money. Okay. But but if you do, you're welcome to uh, just meander about, be social. So it's more than $10 a month. Yes. (laughs) A curated retail shop called Shop Bardo and event spaces, including the carriage house and the ballroom, Will be for like you can do events and all this kind of stuff, weddings. Okay, for all those events mm-hmm. we have scheduled. You know, I love a ballroom. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I do. Especially if it was in a mortuary. How could it be any better? I don't know, but I'm sure it's haunted. So you probably would love it. Left Lane Chief Brand Officer Jess Birkin describes the firm's intent to fill a gap in the luxury travel category. He is quoted as saying, The Bardo ethos is rooted in discovery and connection, which we know our guests seek at home and when they travel, said Bergen. At Hotel Bardo, we embrace wit and spontaneity while delivering the impeccable, attentive service our guests expect. We are grateful for the Savannah community who have been so supportive of this concept from inception, and we are thrilled to deliver a space that allows our guests to disconnect from the day-to-day and transcend the ordinary. Sounds like a lot of words that don't really mean much to me. Like Somebody threw a thesaurus at him and said, just read every other word (laughs) and mention hotel. Yeah. Yeah, so they got big plans and big dreams, and they've got a lot. They should hire me to read their press they statements. Should. The restaurant, which is currently called 700 Drayton, will also be transformed into St. Bibiana and will feature coastal Italian cuisine. I love Italian mm-hmm. wine. <laughs> the cooking school and restaurant will open in September of 2023, and the mansion will reopen as Hotel Bardo Savannah in February of 2024. If you want to visit the mansion before it reopens as Hotel Bardo, it will remain open until the end of July 2023. Then it will close until the following year as Hotel Bardo. It will cost you around $250 a night to stay there currently. And honestly, that's cheaper than I would have expected from what I've seen. I would have thought it would be like $350, $400. Yeah, at least $350. There's a lot of places in Savannah that are easily that much, especially this time of year. Correct. But I was looking at uh, Priceline, so maybe... Maybe it was just That's a good day. to stay in the basement. Okay. <laughs> in the previous mortuary. Yeah. So along with all these new changes, Hotel Bardo will add another 250 jobs to the Savannah area as they will need additional team members. Sounds like job for SCAD students. But what about the current resident spirits at the mansion? I wonder how they feel about all this renovation that's going on. 
The spirits that are experienced at the mansion are similar to those of the Marshall House, so not your friendly type. Ooh, this sounded more like a place you're definitely going to want to go stay. It's usually tall, dark spirits, often ones that hold you down and leave you unable to move or breathe. That sounds very romantic and... (laughs) And what is it? Uh, coastal, Caribbean, <laughs> Mediterranean, Mediterranean, very Mediterranean, nineteen sixties. Yeah, it's very vintage. I'm wondering about the origins of these spirits, since the hotel itself wasn't constructed until 2004. The original house is the restaurant and lounge. So, okay. like the only thing that's in the actual original structure is the restaurant. Not the, you know all the rooms and stuff are new. So are these spirits just able to move about from the original house, from the mortuary, all that? You know, I don't know. So what we've seen is that spirits might be tied more so to a locale rather than necessarily just the constructed building that sits on the area. Yeah, so I'm wondering, are they tied to the land underneath? You know, we've talked about that a lot. Are they buried underneath it? Correct. Or maybe they're tied to that creepy artwork that lives in the hotel. Okay. I've read, like, some guests describe a lot of it as, like, foreboding, and I've seen a few, and I'm like, what is that? Does it make sense in a high-class hotel? Is that what you're saying? Not some of it. Like, some of it does. It's, like, random animals, you know, wild animals. And Does it just, sort of remind you of what was the woman's name? Lydia Dietz or whatever? Yeah. Like, her artwork? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's very avant-garde, I would say, <laughs> yes. One uh, user on uh, TripAdvisor, his name was Resort406, said... For example, the large painting behind the registration desk is called Pale Horse. In both name, see Revelation 6-8, and style, it is clearly a death metaphor. So, like, behind the reception desk, he felt Well, it is Savannah. It just sort of makes sense, don't it? (laughs) He said, we stayed on the second floor, which was also lined with a riot of disturbing images. I like the way this guy talks. I know. Not the dusty Adams Family-style portraiture you find in older European hotels, but self-consciously edgy, garish, bizarre stuff that looked more silly each time we passed. So he was not a fan of the artwork. I love garish things. <laughs> it's pretty much what I live for. Garish, bizarre. <laughs> it is bizarre. So this review about the Pell Horse was a while back, so it's probably been relocated at this point. It probably burst into flames of its own accord and removed itself from existence. And we've talked about in other episodes how spirits can attach to objects. Like, remember the uh, Bradley Lock and Key? I do. Yeah, so possibly bringing in this mix of eclectic art brought in more spirits. Maybe they traveled here from far away distant lands to live in the most haunted city in America. Like I said, the accounts that I found of the spirits are usually the... Kind that want to suffocate you. You know, the so. friendly type, Southern <laughs> hospitality. They're firm believers in such. Right. So TripAdvisor and Yelp, I found a few. And one of them is from Erica D. And it just says, it might be a haunted hotel. I got a call at 3 a.m., picked up, and no one was there. That sounds like <laughs> conclusive proof to me. It's a haunted locale. <laughs> yeah. So, like, why would your phone ring in your room in the first place? Because, like, who uses a landline? Well, the hotel... Front desk might have called her to see if at she wanted to wake up alarm at 3, <laughs> at 3 You want to wake up alarm in 20 minutes? Okay. This next one is a little bit more convincing. This place is 100% haunted. It was disturbing. All the reviews about the staff and the rooms are correct. The rooms are beautiful and clean, and the staff is great. Unfortunately, I stayed here two times, and I will never stay here again. In the morning, I experienced a dark entity that held me down in bed. I couldn't move or breathe. When he released me, I packed and left. 
As I was checking out, I shared my experience with the lady at the front desk. She could see I was very shaken up. She told me she used to work the night shift three years prior. This happened to another lady staying there. She described the exact same incident. I'm so appreciative that she told me, so I didn't think I was losing my mind. If you like these kind of dark spiritual experiences, then this is the place. I will not stay here again. It was a very disturbing experience. It's like, why do you keep trying to sell it to her? Crystal's <laughs> yeah. already bond. Yeah. You don't need to keep selling it. And that was from Brawny V. So the next one says, agree with 100% haunted from the other reviewer. We stayed at Mansion on Forsyth Park last weekend, and it was not until we checked out that I could bring myself to read any reviews that this property was haunted. I experienced the exact same experience as the reviewer, and that was the one we just talked about. It was around 3 a.m., our first night there, and I was awoken by what I thought was a dream or some state in between. There was a dark shadow of an arm holding me down, and when I tried to reach out for my husband and scream, nothing would come out and I couldn't breathe. When it released me, I was gasping for air and my heart was racing. I thought it could not be true until I read the other reviews, and then I knew this paranormal experience had happened to me, too. That's from Amb1208. That sounds very rhymey and musical. You could probably put that to music. So, yeah, she had the exact same experience, which is the same thing I had at the Marshall House. Like I said, they don't have to keep trying to sell it to you. You're already <laughs> buying. <laughs> this next one, and she doesn't go into detail here. She says, oh, for those who are curious, yes, it's haunted. My love and I both had paranormal experiences. His were harsh. Mine were just seeing a shadow figure. So that's all she says. Like, if you had harsh, like, what did it have happen? Tell me. His I need more. We're harsh. Yes. Well, I think that means that we don't need to go there. <laughs> that's the only reason I go to these places is because I know it ain't going to bother the dude. It's going to be like, well, look at this pretty blonde chick over here. Let no. me go frighten her. <laughs> I'm going to choke the breath out of her. I'll choke her right now. <laughs> so why would you go through the trouble to leave a review telling me it's haunted, but don't tell me... The details. Come on. Maybe big government got to him, made him sign a non-disclosure agreement. Probably. Justin E. says, so to start, this hotel is either haunted or they have it rigged to look that way. Two many weird things took place while staying there. Lamps dimming, then getting bright, then flashing, elevator lights going out, taking videos around the property, and there were orbs in the videos. Freaked me out. Amateur. I know. It's I like say. you didn't Amateur. even get choked to death. Come you on. You didn't even. You didn't even get held down and choked. You didn't see the coat rack walk from one side <laughs> of the room to the other. Get out of here with that. Yeah. So, like almost every review, it's always the person getting held down and they can't breathe, which they don't really advertise it as a haunted hotel. You they know? probably, based on what you're saying, I would think they're probably going to downplay oh, that side of it. Oh, yeah. I think uh, they're Savannah. moving away from that for sure. From the direction that Left Lane Hospitality is taking the mansion, it sounds like they'll be removing all or most of the artwork and replacing it. I, I read an article. They're getting that out of there. Yeah, we don't need the pale horse of death <laughs> greeting our guests. So will the hauntings continue? We'll have to book a room next year and let you know. I'm sure the hauntings are not in line with their brand. It's really a new angle. You got the Costa Rican... Caribbean, Mediterranean. Mediterranean, 1960s haunted pale horse of death <laughs> featuring culinary art with, uh, what did they say, calamari with capers? Yeah, it's and shrimp and grits. Yeah. <laughs> I really hope they at least keep those pianos. 
Well, somebody's going to keep them. Yeah, those are nice. They might those end up at the. Her. They might end up at the Goodwill. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, I'm just going to wheel this down at the Goodwill. Hey, it's a and they couldn't sell it for twenty bucks because nobody's got room for that and stuff. And then in they'll their house write anymore. it off or give them a receipt for their taxes. Here's twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a bunch of pictures for you to look at. Okay, we are posting those pictures now, mm-hmm. and this is the current mansion mm-hmm. on Forsyth. It's just breathtaking, I think. It just took, oh, I like that green furniture. Don't you love that? That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. We should go take it. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to know. They're going to probably throw it in trash anyway. <laughs> I wonder what they'll do with all that. Sell it. I'm uh, sure there's probably going to be some sort of option. Well, I hope they just have like a uh, yard sale right out in the middle of the park. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> or maybe they'll just throw it on the curb out there beside <laughs> the park. All right, here's that 400,000 Brosenhofer. <laughs> Look we at got the two beds. of them if you want. I just love the beds. The beds. Yeah. like uh, Just fabulous. It's so beautiful. Looks very much like, you know, there should be a casino in that place. It should. If it had a casino, well, it'd You be would golden. never have to go to Vegas. We mm. could be broke at home. We could. So that's going to bring us to the portion of our show where we like to... Insert graphic here. Ah, Brosenhofer. <laughs> what, what we're, we're watching. watching. So this week, we decided to go back to our roots, so to speak, and review a horror movie. We hadn't done that in quite a while, so we watched one to talk about. And what we have to talk about this week is the 2015 horror slash mystery movie, Hell House LLC, which we watched on Shudder. Shudders always come through. They try to. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they don't, though. Well, this I time, know, yeah. but yeah, they try. I, I've always been a fan of those found footage type movies. And when they're done right, I think they can be pretty spooky. I like the Blair Witch Project. She didn't care for it, but I thought it was unique. And it was probably one of the first films that ever really got wide spread success based off what it was. And I remember when that movie came out, the internet wasn't really big and people actually believed that was real found footage of things that really happened to real people, which obviously that is not the case. And that's the same with this movie. And I will read you the synopsis of the movie. It's not a very gory type movie. It's more of a psychological Mm -hmm. type horror movie. And the movie is about Five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the death of 15 tour goers and staff on the opening night of a Halloween haunted house tour, a documentary crew travels back to the scene of the tragedy to find out what really happened. The main thing that Crystal was concerned about, as always, was the runtime. And this movie clocks in at around an hour and a half-ish and so it's well within her tolerance That's levels. right in the zone, I like. Hour and a half. Just enough time. Not too bored. We'll sit down and watch four hours straight of BattleBots. Yes. Or, you know, But, you know, a movie. If it's an hour and 45 minutes, she starts getting a little bit, you get a little sweat on her brow and gets a little bit nervous. Yeah, but, like, with the BattleBots, it's set amounts of time. It's three-minute battles. Like, that's what I like. Bite-sized things. Just break it up and over the course of four solid hours. Yes. <laughs> but if I get tired of it, I can turn it off. So this movie is a pretty low-budget affair, but that doesn't hurt the film, I think, based mostly on the fact that it's shown as footage that was supposedly shot during the events that happened. So you'd sort of expect a lower mm-hmm. quality film and shooting, and I think they achieve that very well. You're probably not going to recognize any of the actors in the movie, And none of them are likely to win any Academy Awards, 
But that's not what you watch horror movies for anyhow, you know, generally. Well, they did a much better job than those people that acted in the Clown Motel movie. Like, those are the worst actors I've seen in quite a while. I still can't believe that was a movie. I know. I really Seems like can't. a nightmare. I was expecting a lot more than I what I too. got, and I wasn't expecting much. I know, but yeah, this was acted a lot better than that. Yeah. So, Crystal, based on our arbitrarily chosen scale of one to twelve dog treats, what's your personal rating for this movie? And please tell me in Latin. Uh, I don't speak Latin, but I'll give it a seven. Is that how you say it in Latin? I said I don't speak Latin. But in the Latin alphabet, Jehovah begins with, with an, an I. I. <laughs> okay, I do know that. See, you know some Latin. <laughs> yeah. So it was it kept my inter- you know, it kept me entertained. It had a good twist. I kind of saw it coming. It was kind of telegraphed, but it was still kinda, a good twist. But yeah, yeah. I really I like a twist ending and it had a good one. Coffee woke up, she's walking around, you <laughs> might hear her clicking and clacking. It's not something I would probably watch again. But if you're looking to kill an hour and a half and want to watch a psychological horror, you might choose this. If you want an afternoon away from your cat, (laughs) as they say in the National Lampoon's Vegas vacation. (laughs) Ain't much to look at. (laughs) (laughs) So a 7 out of 12. twelve. Okay, I'm going to give this movie, uh, I will probably give it an 8. It wasn't a... Groundbreaking movie by any stretch of the imagination. It was entertaining. At an hour and a half, I honestly felt at points it did kind of drag a little. I think they could have, you know, cut it down a little bit more than they did. Otherwise, I found it a unique concept. I mean, there's a ton of found footage movies, Mm -hmm. but this one goes and says it's based off a haunted attraction, and the movie builds up. It doesn't start. It sort of starts after the event happens, but... As the movie goes, it's building up to the event. Yeah. Then the event happens, and then you see the aftermath. So I would recommend it. And I think it's, if you're in horror, definitely not a family movie, like uh, most horror movies are not. Yeah. But it's not gross and disgusting and gory. It's far more psychological. Yeah. If you're scared of clowns, this movie does have somewhat of a little bit of a clown. Yeah. You remember that? Yes. Yeah, so that might freak you out. It's a lot scarier than the clown in the clown motel movie. So, yes. uh, yeah. So, based on uh, what we say, it definitely gets a we recommend watching it if you need an afternoon away from your cat. <laughs> so, that's going to bring us to the portion of the show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. So, what did these beasts do this week? I hope you know. Well, they stayed alive. Elijah kept them alive. That's the main thing. While we were did in he Vegas. really do anything, or did they just exist? Well, and he, he was fed in the them, house at the so. same time. Well, they wouldn't let him not. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you tell them what they did to me when I tried to take a nap? Oh yes, Brett had the audacity to try to take a nap. He just fell asleep on the couch last night, yeah. and it was their appointed W A L K time. I can't say it because coffee's in the room. Yeah, she's sitting right down here below us. You might not be able to see her on on the camera, but she is right there. Yeah, and uh, they knew that it was time to G.O., and he was asleep, and they woke him up quite successfully. They jumped up on him, like patting I wouldn't say successful. I might have woken up, but I don't remember waking up. (laughs) Well, they did get you up, and they did get... (laughs) That's her. She heard us talking about her, and she's activated. They did get you up, and they did get their W.A.L.K., Unlike tonight, 
we started to take them, and we got like just down the street. Yeah, like twenty feet away from and the house. And it started raining, and then we got back in the house, and it started pouring down. So I'm not sure what the weather is like right now, but they're going to be fit to be tied if we don't get to take them out tonight. They're happy that Elijah's back, though, because he went and spent the night with his sister because her fiancé was out of town. So our two sons went over and spent the night with her so that she didn't have to be alone at the house. Yeah, she's, she's afraid of getting murdered. She's a true crime fan, <laughs> so she's scared she's going to get murdered. So they set up and played Zelda all night. And uh, that made the dogs very sad because they go in the room with Elijah at night, mostly to find the potato chips, I think. Yeah, they like to lick the crumbs out of his bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a very important ritual for them. And now that he's yeah. back, they're going to be able to do that. So all is well with the world. As long as they get their W-A-L-K. Once again, I told you don't even use that letter. Oh, Layla's in the other room. Aloud. She's probably <laughs> sitting outside the door now. So if you'd like to find us online, you can go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can find us on all social media platforms looking for the user at Scary Savannah. We would like to remind everybody that we have a Patreon where you can go find exclusive episodes and it will download right into your podcast player that you currently use. All you got to do is get the little link, which you get when you subscribe. It's a... for audio, it's just $3 a month. There's a ton of episodes of extra content we've created. You could help support the podcast, and you can also get exclusive content. That's patreon.com forward slash scary savannah. We have both finished all of our coffee. We actually had to dip into some coffee that Crystal found in her dashboard the other day, and uh, so my cup's yeah. empty. Uh, if you could, please go to our website, click on the little yellow coffee cup icon in the bottom left-hand corner and donate coffees to the podcast, which would help support the podcast and also fill up our coffee cups, which is important because I think she's delusional now. Like, why do I have coffee in my dash? That's how bad I am. I have it everywhere. She got to get a fix sometimes. <laughs> she just got to get a little bump of that coffee and it's got to be in the dashboard. It was. So go do that. Also, go make sure to check out our new merch store, which you can click on our website and click on the store tab. It'll take you there. They have a lot of sales going on all the time. The merchandise is uh, available there. You can get shirts and mugs and such, stickers and all kinds of cool stuff. Just go to our website, click on the store tab. It'll take you right to it. Please also take a minute if you could, even if you write one sentence, if you could go into your podcast player of choice and leave us a five-star review and let us know that you did it we'd love to hear about it it always makes us happy to see those reviews and if you like and you do send us a message and we could send you some stickers for the podcast you could put on police cars like the singer from my old band used to do you put a sticker on a police car? no he put it on stop signs we never got around to putting it on a police car yeah. but we did talk I don't about think it you should do that <laughs> he never did i, I want to make that clear he <laughs> never done nothing illegal that i ever saw happen okay that I'm going to recount on air. Okay. I was going to say, he's not, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm going to admit to okay. in court. So that brings us to the point where Crystal says some words. We stare at each other for a very uncomfortable amount of time in silence, and then we get up and go watch baseball. Yeah, we're way behind on that. Tonight. Yeah. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But do you know who don't? Who? It's going to be the entire Forsyth Park when they put in that new runway for the 737 from your airline just to land the guests there to go to the Bardo Hotel. Yay. Who cares? <laughs> Forget those people in the history. We don't, we don't need, need that. that park. We need a runway. We do. Let's go get the airline started. All right.